What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the show. Last week, we gave you the nominees for the big awards for 2021. Today, we give you the winners. We tell you a very important movie that Dave Richard has never seen that we have to rectify immediately. Oh, I watched it last night. Really? Yeah, I uh, woke up at like 3 in the morning, and it was on. It's so good. It's always odd. Dave's never seen it, so well, all right, that's fine. That's something we'll have to remedy. Uh, Heath is back. Nice. Heath, you've... Are you afraid of the big, bad Buffalo Bills? No, no. I think, um, I, like most of the Chiefs' season, this game will be dependent on them. If the Chiefs play their best game, they win the Super Bowl. If they don't play their best game, they'll lose to one of the next three teams. Okay. As opposed to how it'll go for all the other teams in the league. No, I don't think that's true. I don't think that the other teams, I, I think that the Chiefs' best is better than anybody else's best. I think that's... I would take the Packers' best over the Chiefs' best. I like the Bills' best over the Chiefs' best. I don't know, man. I cannot wait for this game. Cannot it's wait. It's Super Bowl 55 and a half. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk about the awards later and uh, not doing game previews today. We're doing our PPR mock draft. We're reviewing the PPR mock draft that we did last week just to give you the lay of the land. Right now, months and months before draft season, but what we're thinking right now as the regular season is over. Uh, so actually, let's start with that. Let's start with uh, the best pick from the 12 team, three wide receiver plus a flex, full PPR mock draft that we did last week. Jamie, what was in your mind the best pick? Dave is going to give us the worst pick, and Heath is going to give us a brand new category of pick. But Jamie, what was the best pick of the draft? Uh, I'm going to say, but since we talked about it, uh, on Monday show, I'll be different. But the best pick was your pick of Cam Akers. So I, I know. I'm give you credit for that one. Yeah. Uh, but the next pick, the one that jumped out to me the most during the draft, and I, I wasn't paying attention pick by pick uh, per se, but Dave's pick of Rashad Bateman in round nine. I thought that was a great pick. Um, you know, just based on what he showed uh, earlier in the season at times and the hope of what he can be moving forward. Uh, so when Dave made that pick around, I was like, oh, that's a really good pick. Also, same round, you know, just because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Dan Schneier is taking uh, Kadarius Tony. You know, both those rookie receivers from 2021, I think, can be much much better in uh, in 2022. Okay, Dave, what was the worst pick of this draft? I thought the worst pick of the draft, and I don't know who made it, was Mike Williams at 59. A late round five pick on Williams who just has the makings of a guy who balled out in a contract year, going to get paid by another team, uh, and then end up being absolutely terrible. I have a hard time believing that he'll be anywhere near as good as he was in 2021, I think he'll be closer to where he was in 2020 when he averaged less than 10 PPR points per game. That was Chris. Chris Towers made that pick. I'm trying to think, man. What if he goes to the Bears and Justin Fields makes the type of second-year improvement that a lot of quarterbacks do, does? We know that Fields loves the downfield shot plays. Seems like those two could be a really good combination. I mostly agree with Dave. I don't think he's probably going to be worth the fifth-round pick, but I like that idea. See, I, I I could see a scenario like where he goes to Arizona, you know, or something like that, you know, where they're going to have three openings. And then it's, oh, he's with Kyler Murray. He's going to be awesome. And I agree with both of you. You know, I think it's going to be one of those situations where he gets overdrafted. But uh, it would be nice to see him go to a situation where he's with a, a very good quarterback like he was in 2020. 
the last two years. He he would be a great guy to be opposite Devontae Adams in Green Bay if everybody's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is I, he a late round five pick there? Because that's the most exciting scenario that we've painted in the last. Yeah, I, I don't think anywhere he's, he's he should be a a round five pick, but he probably will be because people get excited about what he did and has the potential still to do. Uh, but he probably will never do it again. Yeah, well, it's also a point in the draft. Well, first of all, we didn't have rankings. We didn't have <laughs> updated, which makes it tough. We didn't have updated 2022 rankings or anything. But it's a point in the draft where wide receiver really does start to thin out. Okay, you're almost 60 picks in. It's a three-receiver full PPR league, so people go nuts at wide receiver. Darnell Mooney and Marquise Brown were the two picks before Mike Williams went. And then after that, you know, there just might be some guys that you forget about because they're not in the rankings. Amonra St. Brown came off the board. Hunter Renfro, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, just to give you an idea of who Mike Williams was taken ahead of. All should be going ahead of Mike Williams. Yes. Okay, next category, Heath, you have the honor of this brand new category, the make or breakiest pick of this draft. Uh, I think it has to be Christian McCaffrey at fourth overall because he could be a steal at fourth overall. He could be the best player in fantasy and 20% better than anyone else, as he has been in the past. Or... It could be a third consecutive year if you get four games out of Christian McCaffrey. And I'd pick him. How many him. games he's played in the last two seasons? Nine. It's a guess. How many Total. games has he played? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess. Nine. Dave? Ten. Oh, ten? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I picked McCaffrey. I picked five of my first seven picks are coming off major season ending injuries. It's the dumbest team than I've ever drafted, so <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Well, you know, the entry fee is uh, $500,000. Oh, yeah. yeah, great, great. I'll have to move some things around. Um, hey, but if you're listening right now, which obviously you are, or you're watching, it would mean a lot to us if you could just take <laughs> five seconds to vote for us. Uh, I put the link in the episode description. If you can hear my voice. <laughs> you're not vo- you're not voting for best host. You're voting for best social media award here. Uh, the FS- but only if you have the internet. If you have the internet, yes. you can go there. Right. Do this. You could be listening on airplane mode or something to a previously downloaded podcast, and then you might have an issue. But if you have the internet, it only t- it says on the graphic that it takes 10 seconds. You're doing it wrong if it takes that long. The, there's a li- link to click. It's in the YouTube chat. It's in the episode description. And it's voting for best social media uh, for FSGA. And it's for Fantasy Football Today. Please vote for Fantasy Football Today. The nice thing is that in that graphic, Keith is significantly taller than everybody else and Dave Shrunk. (laughs) I'm the second tallest. I would say my my height is more closely represented correctly than Adam's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I have kind of a... A hair height thing going on there. You're you're six one, but six three with the fro. Me, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm five nine in real life, but in this, well, picture, I'm, I'm yes. saying in the picture, like if Heath is at his actual height, <laughs> then your hair is almost as tall as all of Heath. That's a good picture, by the way. It looks like Dave is sitting on Heath's lap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like Dave is Heath's puppet. Like Heath is <laughs> controlling him. It looks right. like Dave ate, ate ten cheeseburgers before this picture was taken. <laughs> Which is probably true. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the news and notes just real quick here. Cleveland might have. Um, uh, oh, I'm such team, an yes, I'm such an Brown. idiot. I combined notes for Cleveland and Cincinnati. So, best host right here. Cleveland defensive tackle. Malik. What about the Steelers and the Eagles? You combine them too? No, Cleveland Eagles. I was like, man, they're really thin at defensive tackle this week, but that's two different teams. Cleveland defensive tackle Malik McDowell was arrested. He allegedly assaulted a police officer. The whole time, I'm like, why was he in Florida? They have a game this week. But no, he's on Cleveland, not Cincinnati. Uh, Pittsburgh is likely to keep offensive coordinator Matt Canada, according to The Athletic. And he got a vote You know what they from- did in Pittsburgh when, uh, when they had so many problems with their offense? You know what the fans did? What? Blame Canada. <laughs> Blame Canada. Dun, 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 That's good. Thank you. Uh, it will he, be it'll be interesting to see what he does when he gets to call the plays. Um, yeah, I, he might miss well, Ben. Kind of threw Roethlisberger under the bus a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Tomlin did. Yeah, he said uh, the offense was hamstrung. I think you know with uh, the the things that they could call plays they call. Mm. So I think sounding like um, the, the interpretation is that they weren't throwing the ball down the field because of Ben. You know they were kind of throwing the ball down the field, right? I mean. 
he threw a lot of uh, fly patterns. That was, Lollipop? Yeah, they weren't complete. Alien balloons. Yeah. Uh, Houston GM Nick Casario said to Sean Watson, unlikely to play for the Texans again. And he also said they are open to trading the number three overall pick. And finally, the big news, the movie that Dave Richard has not seen. Heath, you're not in on this joke, are you? This whole thing. You don't know what movie it is. I, I have no idea this, what movie that, it is, but I can make an incorrect reference about it in seconds <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can guess it. It's an action movie. I think Brian dies in the beginning, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an action movie. It's on all the time. It's within the last 15 to 20 years. I, I don't know. Maybe 10. I don't know. 15, let's say 10 to 20 years. I don't know when it came out. No, but, 10 years. 10 years. Okay. So it's fairly recent. Um, It's really good. There have been three of them. It's a one-word title. There have been three of them. It's not The Matrix. No, it's just one word. I've managed to see that. Uh, this movie is 14 years old this February. Wow, 14 years old. Yeah, Divergent. Yeah. No, it's um, it's starring Liam Neeson. Taken. Yeah. There you go. Good Dave luck. has never seen Taken. I was so disappointed when I found I don't that. know if I've seen Taken. You what? guys there need it to is. get together and watch Taken. It's Oh my god. I, I would say it's a, it's an easy top 10 action movie of all time. It's that There's good. basically only one channel on my TV that works anymore and it's Paramount Plus. <laughs> That's because, why I watched it last night. Like okay, on Paramount I, I, Network. Then, may, then maybe I will catch it because basically I just watch Yellowstone and I watch 1883. And um, I watched the mayors of Kingstown and it's all the same guy. I think that created all three of them and they're just amazing. You know, since Paramount plus is a company thing, I want to say a lot of people have been asking me for my Paramount plus password lately. And I would say no, but I can't say no to my dad. But, uh, you know, it's there's some really good stuff on there. I've been watching documentaries on there. Uh, this was not a, a scheduled ad read. Well, it this is, is now. 100% true. This Your dad is actually would probably rival um, Liam Neeson's character as angriest human being alive. My dad, no. <laughs> uh, no, most most courageous human being alive. I think. All right, anyway, Dave, watch Taken. Heath, watch Taken. Let us know what you think. Now, this is a paid ad. Dave, when you watch Taken... I have a feeling you're going to be cracking open a Miller Lite. Now, do you remember when your beer options actually tasted like beer? Miller Lite has always been a great-tasting light beer for people who love beer. Sometimes what you need is simple, a few good friends and a beer with taste you can depend on. So, Dave, open that fridge. Crack open a Miller Lite, my man. That's what I'll do. I'll get on the couch this weekend. Well, actually, I can't do it this weekend because football's on. Sometime in February, probably February 14th. I got nothing going on. That'll be the day that I'll watch Taken, and I will pop open a cold Miller Lite and enjoy. You said it was a top 10 action film of all time? I would say yes. Yes. Jamie, is it a top 10 action film of all yes. time? Okay, so now I can believe that it's a top 10. Are we 10 counting the superhero movies in the no. action genre for this? No, okay. No, no, no. Okay, so now I can believe that it's legitimately a top 10 action film of all time, and I know that Miller Lite is a top one beer, so I'll be excited when that day comes on February 14th. All right, so it's it's uh you know Dave loves it. He gave he told you all about it last time we talked about Miller Lite. It's brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. It's made from simple ingredients. Miller Lite is for people who love the taste of beer. So Miller Lite, great taste, ninety six calories. Here's what you're gonna do: go to MillerLite.com forward slash FFT and find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay, let's uh, let's talk mock draft here. Hey, First, be before, since we're doing, since we just got off news and notes and just tying in something from the other day, did you see what to Troy Aikman said about CeeDee Lamb? No. No. So here's what he said on a radio interview. Uh, San Francisco rushed four guys. For the most part, they blitzed occasionally. Uh, but they're a four-man rush football team. But a lot of times when you say that, then you think they're playing coverage. They mixed in some coverage, but there was a lot of single coverage on C.D. Lamb. Hey, going back to when I was playing because nobody cares. But what I see around the league, it's not just Dallas. I've seen it with a lot of teams. A lot of these offenses want to scheme things. The coordinators, it's all about scheme rather than, quote, this corner is playing soft. He's scared to death. He's scared to death. Just run the route tree. Run a comeback. Run a dig route. Run a curl. Run anything. You're going to complete the pass whenever you want. Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played us that way. They If they played us the way they played C.D. Lamb in that game. The game is not that difficult. If I've got a great player at wide receiver and a corner is playing in single coverage, throw him the ball, he's going to win most of the time. That's True. really interesting. Really interesting. 
That's act- what he'd been doing earlier in the year. Right. Just give him the damn ball, man. <laughs> right. And you heard Peyton Manning said the same thing during Monday night's game about Cooper Cup because Cup had a drop in the second half and he had a very, you know, moderate, uh, mediocre first half in the game. And Peyton and Eli were talking about how he was like, if I if I knew I needed Marvin and, and Reggie in the second half, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, I'm throwing them the ball early in the game, getting them involved. So he's like, by the third quarter, they've gotten the the the, the feel of the ball in their hands. They're you know they're, they're involved in the game. He's like, the last thing you want to do is wait until you know after halftime to come out and try and get these guys going. And it's so right, just. Get, you know, we've talked about this, like, you know, when DK Metcalf had his little, you know, lull, just give him some targets in the first quarter, you know, whatever the case may be. You script your first 15 plays, three of them, five of them, eight of them, targets in his direction. And these guys, it just doesn't make any sense why they don't do that. I, I And I don't know this, but do you think that Dallas views CeeDee Lamb as their clear number one wide receiver? I don't think it matters, but I think you're right, Heath. That you know, it could be Amari Cooper, it could be you know, hey, Dalton Schultz is our go-to guy. You know, whatever the case may be, but it should be all these guys should have opportunities early in the game. You know, it's like you, the, the mentality of coaches. You know, I've talked to so many over the years. We got to establish the run. Got to you know, we got to prove how tough we are at the line of scrimmage. We got to you right. know, get get the uh, our physicality and impose our will on all you know all those stupid cliches that you hear. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Does never makes any sense. You know, you have great players, get them involved. So if CD Lamb's not the one, who cares? Give him, you know, two catches in the first quarter, even if it's a bubble screen, it goes goes nowhere. You know, at least make the corners think. You know, make defensive backs think. Make make the defensive coordinator think. Okay, now this is something we got to be you know concerned about in third quarter. I, I just never understand. It. Yeah, but but I mean, an interesting interesting point. Get out of the scheme and just start running different routes and get open and you know take advantage of the coverage you're seeing. That is uh that's pretty cool. All right, mock draft review. First of all, I went and I looked at I looked at uh three of our PPR leagues, three of our three receiver PPR leagues. Actually, one was a half PPR league. And I looked at the player who or the team that got the number one seed. I didn't necessarily look at the team that won the league, but just the team that had the number one seed had the best regular season and the first five picks. And <laughs> look at this is really funny. In the June magazine draft, we did this in June. And we played it out. Chris Towers had the number one uh, seed going into the playoffs. Look at his first five picks. Christian McCaffrey had the first pick. McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, George Kittle. That's how he started his team. And he ended up as the number one seed. Then he drafted Tyler Lockett, which was okay. But, I mean, you know, not great. Then he drafted Cooper Cup. So that helped. Uh, Will Brinson in the Fantasy Football Today League. He just destroyed the league. He had a one-loss season. Uh, his first five picks, really good. Devontae Adams, Najee Harris. He had the seventh pick, by the way. Devontae Adams, Najee Harris, CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup, Mike Davis. And in you our, take Debo? I don't know. But yeah, he ended up with Cup, Adams, and, and Debo. <laughs> uh, in our IDP league, Gary Davenport had the 12th pick. He took Eckler, Najee Harris, James Robinson, Terry McLaurin. And then Kyle Pitts and Juju Smith-Schuster. So not bad. I mean, Pitts and Smith-Schuster, whatever. But Eckler, Harris, James Robinson, McLaurin with his first four picks. But anyway. I, I, I won that I league with my it. first two picks were Antonio Gibson and Saquon Barkley. That's amazing. And you played a team. You didn't even play Gary. He didn't even make the finals. You played a team that had Cooper Cup. So. I knocked Gary out. I was the sixth seed. So I had to go through the gauntlet of everybody that was good. Yeah, me and then Gary and then <laughs> the team with Cup. But anyway, uh, it's you can have a bad draft and win. So. Um, let's hope we don't have bad drafts. So let's go through the picks. Let's go through round one. And round one was Jonathan Taylor, Jamie. And so actually went Jamie, Dave, Adam Heath picks two, three, four, five. Oddly enough, Taylor, Eckler, Henry, McCaffrey, Devonte Adams. Heath takes first wide receiver. When would you have taken Adams? I think that's probably, I don't, I, I think I probably would have taken McCaffrey too. I would have struggled with that one. Okay. You don't have it ranked that way just because we posted the story. So I, I mean, look, my 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 thoughts have changed as well. So you're obviously entitled to change your, your opinion, but you have McCaffrey sixth overall in your right in your ranking that are on the site. So just you know for continuity. All right. So again, Taylor Eckler, Henry McCaffrey, Adams, Najee Harris is sixth, Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup eight, Dalvin Cook nine, Joe Mixon ten, DeAndre Swift eleven, and Justin Jefferson twelve. So you've got three receivers, Adams at five, Cup at eight, Jefferson at 12. The rest are running backs with maybe DeAndre Swift being a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, 
This is this is our first round. Now, if you're not watching on YouTube, if you never do, this is a good time to do it because we're showing the draft results. I'm also I also put a link to this draft in the episode description if you're just listening or uh, you want to take a look. Let's go to round two. Let's take a look at round two here of this mock draft. Jamar Chase is the thirteenth pick. Can you imagine starting a draft this year with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase? Like, yeah, how exciting nice. is that? Well, he went zero RB. You know, I'll just I'll just take a quick pause from the draft. We'll take a look at Marone's team. He had the 12th pick. He goes Jefferson Chase, Jalen Waddell at the end of round three, Kyle Pitts beginning of round four. That's 37th overall. And then A.J. Dillon and Clyde Edwards-Elair. What do you think about that? I guess I wouldn't call that necessarily zero RB, but waiting until the 60 and 61st overall picks to take a running back, it's bold. So it's three receivers are uh, Jefferson, Chase, Waddle, Kyle Pitts, and then Clyde and A.J. Dillon. Love it. And and I, I can probably say he, he, he may have taken Devin Singletary if we had rankings or Miles Sanders if we had rankings mm-hmm. instead of A.J. Dillon. I don't, and maybe, Clyde, I, maybe take both of those. Yeah, oh, Singletary. Wow, Singletary was the first pick of round seven. Okay. Uh, all right. Anyway, back to round two. So imagine those two running backs with the rest of that group. Crazy. Uh, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. So that would be going back to the end of round one, four straight receivers. Jefferson at 12, then Chase, Hill, Diggs. Travis so you, Kelsey. You, you figure if, because Swift is, I don't, I don't think, you know, barring something dramatically changing, Swift is going to be a first round pick. Um, he's going to be somewhere probably in the first 20 picks. So that's potentially Kelsey. If he's still the number one tight end off the board, it's potentially Chase or it's potentially Tyreek Hill. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, Chase Hill, Diggs, Kelsey, the first four picks of round two, followed by, that gets a little interesting here, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, uh, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews, Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown, Antonio Gibson, and Mike Evans. So I think that first, maybe up to Kelsey, that's 16 picks. That's the elite wide receivers, the top six wide receivers, one tight end. Maybe that's Kelsey. Maybe that's Andrews. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of running backs. And then after that, you know, Heath, you got Javante. You got Chubb, Debo, Andrews, Godwin, A.J. Brown, Gibson, Evans. What are you seeing here? Well, I, I think, like, I think you should include Javante Williams in that the that's the way it's going to be crew because from what I've seen, a lot of early best ball drafts, Williams is actually going in the first round. So I, I I would not be surprised to see him as a top 18 pick on a regular basis, and probably Nick Chubb as well. I don't have any idea what people are going to do with Debo. I, I don't know how we're going to project him or rank him or where he's going to get drafted. I'd say round two is probably a safe place to bet. I was thrilled to get Andrews there because he's my number one tight end for next year. So if I can get him late second, absolutely love it. But it does get... It gets interesting after those first 18 or so. I think that the Godwin, A.J. Brown, Antonio Gibson, Mike Evans group, there are going to be people who love those picks and people who absolutely think that's a reach and it's too early for all four of them. And Dave, what do you think? Are there any reaches in round two? I can't say that there are any reaches in round two. I mean, we, we could say that the Javante Williams, this all this stuff that's going on about him being a first pick in best ball and a second round pick in our draft – it's it's fueled solely on speculation that the Broncos are just going to give him the majority of the work. You think about where it could end up, though, and that that's the high end of the spectrum, is that Denver gets a good quarterback in. Now their passing game is a legit threat. They don't do much to replace Melvin Gordon, or they even bring Melvin Gordon back but reduce his role. And then Javante Williams has the chance to get you double-digit touchdowns and 1,500 total yards. And getting him at that point, middle round two, that's a steal. And so then he would be a first-round pick. But there's also the chance that the Broncos' new coaching staff thinks like the old coaching staff. They want to have a 50-50 split at running back. They find somebody else besides Melvin Gordon to work with Javante Williams. Worse, they spend good draft capital to get a running back in the 2022 draft to come in and work with Javante Williams. And they don't do a great job of replacing the quarterback. Then we're almost in the same boat as we were last year at this point. Uh, if that happens, I don't think anybody would take Javante Williams in round two. So he's the one that's really the most uh, – I would say that he's the make-or-breakiest pick from this specific draft at this point in time because he could go up to round one if things break his way, and he could fall as far as like 
early round four if things turn into 2021 all over. He's again. not falling to round four. He was the 16th running back last year in, in, in the split that he was in. So, Yeah, but he wasn't really... I, it's it's still not exciting. Like, yes, he, he ended up being a number two running back, but it's still... But he's not falling to round four. Great. Maybe round three, but he's not falling to round four. But well, hopefully it were, doesn't happen. You, hopefully he gets that gig. If it were the same role, do you think... It, what What round, in retrospect... What round do you think he should have gone in based on what we know now? Like what, what round do you think he performed like Javante Williams? Round three. You think he performed like a round three pick? As a top twenty running back, yeah. He I, he finished the season as the seventeenth running back in overall fantasy points. He was twenty seventh yeah, in PPR, PPR on our team. Game. So I don't know. I, if you just look over on, on the page, on the on the draft page, it tells you where they finished. Yeah, but what yeah. did you say, Dave? Where was he per game? He was 27th in PPR points per game among running backs. He was 11.4 PPR points per game. Uh, I'm. He also wasn't consistent compared to a lot of other running backs. I mean, I would say that based on that, he's a round four pick. The thing that you're hoping for is the Chiefs game. You know, when Melvin Gordon wasn't there and he got all. Hell the yeah, give me oh, 17 yeah. games of that. And he's a round one pick. <laughs> he's a round right. one. That, pick, that's, that's why he's being drafted in round two. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I get, get it. why he's a round two pick in our drafts and why he's a round one in best ball. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, here's, by the way, for the top 12 running backs in full PPR, here is where their offenses ranked uh, in terms of scoring points per game. The, uh, so Jonathan Taylor was number one, but it was ninth, fifth, 21st, eighth, 11th, second, first. If we stop there, that's. The top only se- one out of the top twelve. No, no, no. It's only seven. Only one of the top seven PPR running backs was not on a top twelve offense. That mm-hmm. was Najee Harris, and he led all running backs in receptions. Um, after Didn't that, he lead them all in touches too. Very possible, probably. After that, there were a lot of kind of lousy offenses. Yeah, there was twenty third, nineteenth, tenth, eighteenth, and twentieth. He had like the Browns in there. Um, I don't remember the other teams that were that were in there, but you didn't have to be on a to, on a top on a great offense. It could be on kind of an eh one, but uh, Najee Harris was the only one that was not on a top twelve offense that finished in the top seven uh, in full PPR, and that's pretty typical. Um, anyway, okay, sorry. Back to the draft. Uh, we'll go to round three, and we've got George Kittle, Keenan Allen. Calvin Ridley, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Those are the first six picks of round three. Kittle, Keenan Allen, Ridley, Akers, Montgomery, Aaron Jones. That's followed by Deontay Johnson, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and Jalen Waddell. Well, it's certainly, you know, (laughs) no surprise. Jamie, it gets a little scarier each round. Um, you know, do you do you lean tight end here because you got Kittle and Waller who are drafted in this round plus Pitts with the first pick of round four, or do you take a chance on uh, one of these kind of riskier running backs? You know, Barkley, Zeke. I don't know. You said you love Acres, so I you know I won't include him. Montgomery was Heath's pick. Aaron Jones. You know, how do you balance the running backs versus the tight ends? I mean, obviously it's going to come down to what you do with your first two picks. You know, so like for me, I went running back, running back. So. I was looking more of a pass catcher as opposed to taking a third running back there or quarterback. So I would have taken Pitts personally over Kittle and, and Waller. Um, you know, that's why I have it ranked. So if I was going tight end, I would have taken you know him. Um, so he slipped a little bit. This goes back, I think, to what you're saying about us not using a draft board per se, you know, a rank list. Um, but I think it's a it's a good group of of high upside players. Obviously, you know, Keenan Allen, you know what you're getting. Ridley, if he's right, and you know, depending on where he's playing, can still have top five upside. So those two receivers to start, I still think Deontay Johnson, if the quarterback situation is is good in Pittsburgh, um, you know, whatever they do to replace Roethlisberger, he still has top 10 upside as well. So, you know, I, I have no problem with all three of those guys there. And then, you know, you look at the running backs again, there's, there's, uh, you, you see the the ceilings, you know, what, what could David Montgomery be a full year with Justin Fields as a pass catcher? That's the question, but, you know, hopefully he's going to be just as efficient and, and successful as a rusher. Uh, Aaron Jones is a little bit of a you know wild card. Barkley's a wild card. Zeke's a wild card. You know who knows what's going to happen with all three of those guys in regards to Jones and Dylan and their split. Barkley and the coaching staff and what the you know play calling will be there for him. 
And then Zeke, clearly, is he going to still be the lead back for the Cowboys? Plus, you know, how much of this PCL tear is, is really legitimately the reason why he struggled down the stretch. So, um, I, I, you know, we got a lot of comments um, in regards to Frank's pick, Frank Stanfield's pick of, of Saquon Barkley. If he's going in round three on buying all day, um, that's probably a, a good mentality to have now. Uh, and then, you know, probably in a, in a you know, couple of weeks when we find out who the coach is. Uh, you might feel even better about that. So, you know, there, there's a lot to like about Barkley specifically in, in, in the third round range. And I think like this draft, and it mattered with Devin Singletary too, this draft happened before last weekend's games. Right. Cam Akers is now a, a round two pick, um, definitely. I would guess Devin Singletary is probably now a round four or five pick, definitely round five. Um, so some of these guys have moved a little bit, I think. And I was just, I'm just published my updated dynasty rankings at running back today. And Jones, Barkley and Elliot were the three guys who were in the top 10 going into this year who are not in the top 20 now. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys bounces back. Top 20 overall or top 20 running backs? Top, top, top 20 running backs. Barkley's not a top 20 dynasty running backs. That's, that's I, I don't have him in my top 20 right now. I don't have a lot of confidence like and I said this going into last year too, but I feel less so now. What percentage of the best of Saquon Barkley do we think is possible in the future? Oh, it's low. I don't like, know. Could he could he be 80% of that guy? I don't see yeah, why not. I think he could be 80% I don't see why not. of that guy. You know why why not? He's just too well, injured. He's 24, um, right? He's what's that? He's 24, right? He'll be 25 at the start of next year, I think. But yeah, he's 24 right now. He's in a contract year coming up. We know what the upside is. We are hopeful that it'll be smarter coaching. I don't think that's a stretch. Yeah, I I don't think that's a stretch. When I said it's low, I think there's a low chance that he goes back to being what he was like in 2019. In 2019, it was 18 PPR points per game and super consistent. I don't know if that's coming back. But a running back that you can get 15-plus PPR points from in 14 games next year, I, I think that's possible. I think we saw how dysfunctional the Giants' offense was overall last year but what, and the year before. There, there's a, they don't have – it's not like they have a lot of salary cap. Um, they've not – first-round picks, though. We don't yet know who their coach is. I, we, can it we be don't worse? Think they're, they're not going to have a good quarterback. Um, I don't know what the hope is that next year the Giants offense is average. And if it's not next year, then we're looking at 26-year-old Saquon Barkley who hasn't been good in four years. Right. And he could be on a different team. He could be viewed differently by the rest of the league. It's, I mean, it's if they would try to make a great year for Saquon. Yeah. Well, he's a tough one. It's still sure. hard to say that he's it's, – it's still hard to think of him as someone who's not among the – top 20 running backs in dynasty though like naming 20 other i would put aaron jones ahead of him i would not put zeke ahead of him no i've got him ahead of zeke um would would you rather have in in dynasty him or elijah mitchell i was just about to suggest that i'd rather mitchell in dynasty but i'd rather have barkley than jones you'd rather have barkley than aaron jones in dynasty that's interesting. i mean you know there's a two-year age difference and and aaron jones is going to be sharing with aj Dillon just as much if not more than next year Okay, so I feel like he's safer. Heath also he's safer you, for twenty twenty two, but I don't think twenty twenty three and beyond he's safer. Heath, you took David Montgomery ahead of I don't Aaron know if Jones. Going to be in the league by twenty twenty four. Heath, you took Montgomery ahead of Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott, and Leonard Fournette. And you could argue Leonard Fournette should be a first round pick. I mean, you could argue that he was the number seven running back per game. Mm-hmm in full PPR, and if he comes back and has the same role, he's he's a steal at where Chris took him 35th overall. But you did take Montgomery um, ahead of, again, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, and Fournette. I uh, want to comment? Yeah, I just think his their offense is likely to be a little bit better next year, which will give him a little boost. And I feel more confident that he's going to get a full workload than those guys. And I'm not so sure that he isn't just better now than Barkley and Elliott. Excuse me. I just sneezed. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, like, I think he's in that range, and that those guys probably have more upside than he does. But I, he feels a lot safer to me, especially in terms of his volume. Let's go to round four. Let's see what round four looks like. This might be the last round that we do. Again, you can see the full draft results. We'll talk about our teams. Round four is Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. 
round four is always fun in these types of leagues. You get you get some seriously exciting wide receivers. Um, but here we go. Pitts, Higgins, Metcalf, McLaurin, Lamb, Lockett, DJ Moore, Hopkins. Holy cow, look at this wide receiver run. I'll read it again. Uh, Pitts one, Higgins, Metcalf, McLaurin, Lamb, Lockett, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, the end. Then the last three picks are running backs. Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, and Damian Harris. So, um, Dave... That's quite a wide receiver run. What did you think of the order? Higgins, Metcalf, McLaurin, Lamb, Lockett, Moore, Hopkins, Thomas, Michael Thomas. I'm good with most of the order. I think it's going to be representative of what we'll see in the next few drafts that we do. We'll see if it ends up being that way by the time we get to July and August. The one that I, I'm really hoping that works out is McLaurin. The fact that Washington does have to make a move at quarterback and as bad as he was last year, we know the talent's still there. And we've said it on prior podcasts. He's getting a pass for 2021 because the quarterback that we thought that he'd be paired with didn't play in 16 games. And the guy that he did get for 16 games, really, or most of 16 games, I should say, really wasn't that great in getting him um, accurate footballs to catch. And you can make the case for any of these guys, any of these wide receivers, except for maybe more Hopkins and Thomas being late round three, mid round three picks in full PPR. And I think that there's still room for Higgins to get better. And he had a he had a kind of a weak first half of the season, and then he really caught fire in the second half. Everybody knows what happened to DK Metcalf last year. Everybody knows what to expect from Tyler Lockett at this point. And for now, it looks like the the quarterback situation in Seattle isn't going to change, and that Russell Wilson will still be there. If that's the case, then you can feel good about those guys. And then it just it comes back to Lamb and whether or not he's still what was I I, I think I texted you this, Adam. After that game against the Falcons where the Cowboys just ran roughshod over Atlanta, they basically had put up like a full game's worth of stats and a half. I think coming out of that game, Lamb was on pace for 11 touchdowns. And it looked like he was back to being the number one guy there. And literally after that game, CeeDee Lamb turned into a pumpkin for the rest of the year. So we it's, it's almost like we need to find out what happened. Did Dak you know, just stop like throwing to Lamb? Did he start trusting Cooper? Was Cooper complaining too much? Because there were some squeaky wheel games for Amari Cooper in the second half of the year. What happened there, and is it going to change back to where CeeDee Lamb is the no-doubt-about-it number one receiver for Dallas? And if that's the case, then this is a steal getting him at 41st overall. It's an exciting round. I mean, all all these guys uh, have a lot of of potential. They could be this year's Cooper Cup, perhaps. Um, I was hoping to get Hopkins. Heath, you took him one pick ahead of me, and then I took Michael Thomas, which is obviously a huge risk. Uh, and then Dave took Josh Jacobs, and Peter John in our YouTube chat says Josh Jacobs is the best pick of this round. And then Jamie took Elijah Mitchell, and George took Damian Harris. And that one, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like the Damian Harris pick. I think he's, in this format, in full PPR, he's significantly worse than Jacobs and, and probably Mitchell, too, even though Mitchell's well, not going to catch passes. Adam, would you mind going through the round five names, and we can measure those names up against Damian Harris? Yeah, sure. Amari Cooper, you want just running backs? No, everybody. Okay, Amari just Cooper. just think in your mind, how many of these names would you take ahead of the guy who you think will be the primary running back for the Patriots next year? And I guess I should frame it as such. Is George had the pick, and he had the 48th pick, the last pick of round four. His pick, his team at that point was Jonathan Taylor, Mike Evans, and George Kittle. So he went with Damian Harris. Then he took Amari Cooper. Then it was Brandon Cooks, J.K. Dobbins, Devontae Smith, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, TJ Hawkinson, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Mike Williams, A.J. Dillon. Um, Still no Clyde, still no Devin Singletary off the board, still no Miles Sanders off the board, Travis Etienne. Remember, like we've said, no rankings, so things got a little wacky. Rashad Penny. Um, So maybe those have been better options, but... I don't know, guys. I mean, Harris, obviously, he does not catch the ball. And we saw. It was hard to tell because the guys kept getting hurt. Stevenson kept getting hurt. Harris kept getting hurt. But really, when they were both healthy, it was very close to a 50-50 split. Um, So, Jamie, were there names in round five that you would have taken over Damian Harris? Almost all of them. Yeah, I I think, you know, you just look at... um, And it's even the the round six guys. You know, we were talking about um, Mike Williams, you know, so... It's Amara St. Brown. It's Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, depending on where where Beckham is and and where Robert Woods is in terms of their health and and where they're playing, 
Um, Thielen, I, I still think is is in the round five range. You know, if he's still the number two guy there for for Minnesota. So you know, then then you mentioned you know Devin Singletary and those guys um, and and Miles Sanders. So yeah, there's a. Uh, there's, I think, some more upside when it comes to that. Now, granted, I, I do think for Damian Harris, you know, in his defense, um, he'll still be the lead guy, you know, so it's a it's a 55-45 split, 60-40, whatever the case may be. I still think he'll be the, the, the top guy there. Um, and I do think that Mac Jones will be better, that, that you know, they'll probably be at least one receiver upgrade to some extent. Um, so the offense should be better. And you know that that's going to be kind of their formula, like we talked about the other day when we were, you know, recapping the Patriots season. That they're still going to be very run heavy. So Harris is still going to be a a number two running back. You know, probably at the back end of it for PPR, but still a number two running back. Um, so there's still a lot to like about him. But I think he probably could have waited maybe to the next turn. You know, unless George just really wanted to make sure he had Damian Harris on his team. And Heath, who are your favorite late round picks? If you had any, I don't know, round eight ish, whatever or later that really stood out to you. Um, yeah, none of mine. Um, I thought that I had a doctor's appointment, and so I was making picks on my phone in the second half of this draft from my doctor's appointment. It turns out I was a week early and didn't even have a doctor's appointment, then, which was fantastic. Um, love Dalton Schultz in round eight. I think Melvin Gordon at the end of round eight by George might be a really good pick. I like Melvin Gordon a lot more at the end of round eight than Damian Harris at the end of round four. And Gordon might just be a number two running back again. He didn't show us anything this year or last year that says that he's dropping off. Um, I think it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to, to just follow what goes on with James Robinson this offseason after what we saw this past weekend from Cam Akers. I am really hopeful that we've had the breakthrough like we had 10 years or so ago with the ACL. Yep. to where now these guys can just recover from Achilles injuries and be okay. I love Dawson Knox in round 10 to Dan Schneier. Um, that might be just about it. I Man, I struggled with the running backs. I took like Ronald Jones. and se- It's so hard to know who the good late round running back picks are right now because we got like 25 guys that are going to be free agents. Yep, totally. Uh, Dave, any late round picks that stood out to you? Late round picks that stood out to me. Yeah, there's a few that that uh, that I definitely liked. Uh, I would start with Russell Wilson. <laughs> would you like to share that with the class? <laughs> what happened? I was like, I didn't know if you were going to tell us who they were. Uh, I, I agree with James Robinson. I think Russ at 152nd overall. Was Dude, that was a, the weirdest a, thing. Nobody wanted to draft him, including uh, Frank, who drafted him. Well, what did he average? Like 18 fantasy points a game this season? Yeah, but it's how he finished that is what people should keep in mind. It's how he started who, before the injury. He was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. At, at the very minimum, he should be a quarterback that gets you off to a good start. He's done that pretty much every year of his career. It's going to be him, him versus Fields versus Lance versus right. maybe Lawrence. And is Deshaun going to be in there? Like those, we'll those, see. those guys I, that you know, have so not. much upside. You know, especially the two second year guys in Lance and, and Fields versus yeah. what Russell Wilson has been. There, there was an outstanding late round pick. I think Jamie made it. Antonio Brown at 122nd overall. Was that I yours, Jamie? Brown, yeah. Jamie didn't okay. make it. I thought that was a great late round pick because it's round 10, taking a flyer on a guy who had amazing fantasy production every year of his career, including this year. And yeah, he's a hothead and he's weird and he's throwing his gear into the crowd and he's quitting mid game. And I, I, I am sure that that will not resonate well with a lot of teams, but. There will be a couple of teams this offseason that are so desperate for a wide receiver, they will bring in A.B. Yeah, so the way I that bet I, he ends up going higher it, than 122nd by the time we get to July and August. The way the way that I wrote it, and, and look, this was the case this year too. You know, he was getting drafted this late this season. Uh, maybe, you know, a round or two earlier, but still it was it was certainly after round eight. Um, it just takes one team, you know, and I'll go back to, uh, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know, Josina Anderson works for us now, um, and, and she, you know, reported following his release. That when he when he is let go, he's going to have people seeking him for employment. You know, so um, just takes one team. All, all, that's all it is. One team given an opportunity. He may be done. You know, he may not have the same rapport with his new quarterback that he had with Tom Brady. And we know Brady's been great for everybody. Um, so I take that into account. But yeah, if he's uh, if he's a number two receiver for a certain team, he can still be very successful. Can I give one more name? Mm, okay, I'll allow it. The second to last pick in the entire draft was Corey Davis. I did that. I don't have a problem with that. Yay, Jamie! Double digit points. Yeah, the last the last uh, three receivers I took, I was happy with just what their. I think it was the last three. 
Uh, but it was Antonio Brown, DJ Chark, and and Corey Davis. You know, uh, Chark is a free agent. He's only 25. You know, if he ends up somewhere that can maximize his skill set, I think he could still be really good. Obviously, Brown, you mentioned. Uh, Corey Davis should still be the number two guy. Uh, there was one other one that, that I'd like to mention also, um, and it ties into Mike Williams. That's Josh Palmer. Uh, Frank Stanfield took him. Um, I, I, there, there was, I think two or three people that in the, in the chat room were like, Oh, oh damn it, Frank, you know? And, uh, um, I was one of those. I, I think he's, he showed you, you know, uh, in, in some small, you know, uh, glimpses and small sample sizes, you know, that he could be, you know, a, a decent player. And if there is no, uh, Mike Williams and he's the number two guy opposite Keenan Allen, that's a pretty good role to be in with Justin Herbert. Round 12, 137th overall. Let's talk about our teams real quick here. See how they came about. Start with Jamie, right? You had the second pick. Okay, we'll go Jamie, Dave, Adam, Heath. I, I'm doing. Uh, Adam's doing third person now. By the way, Jamie, go ahead. Your team: three receivers, full PPR. Sure. Uh, waited on quarterback. Ended up with Brady, so I was, you know, perfectly happy with that. Uh, Eckler, Gibson, and Elijah Mitchell, and I only drafted four running backs, but I, I took three of them in the first four rounds. So it was Eckler, Gibson, and then. After taking Keenan Allen, I took Elijah Mitchell. I took Travis Etienne. You know, who knows? He could be the best running back in Jacksonville, uh, barring Heath's uh, medical miracle of, of James Robinson. So Etienne's in a good spot. Um, Brandon Cooks, I think, will be criminally underdrafted again. Uh, so taking him as number two receiver. Uh, the third receiver was a reach, you know, but the hope is that Jerry Judy gets a quarterback upgrade and is back to being the guy that we thought he could be coming into the into the league. Keith mentioned Dalton Schultz. And then, uh, I'm sorry, one of the other late-round receivers that I was referencing, aside from Antonio Brown, DJ Chark and uh, and Corey Davis was Marcus Callaway. He finished the season strong. Um, you know, finally started to show some flashes with Taysom Hill. And so, who knows? Michael Thomas may be back. That could help him uh, as you know the, the de facto number two guy. If Michael Thomas is gone again, and it's Taysom, Taysom clearly liked him. And so, you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot to like about Marcus Callaway with uh, picking a double digit round. Yeah, Heath Heath loves those medical miracles. That's why he shows up a week early to his doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> So again, for Jamie, it's uh, it's Brady, Eckler, and Gibson, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Dalton Schultz at tight end, and right now Elijah Mitchell at flex could be ETN, could be Antonio Brown, Callaway, and Justin Fields at backup quarterback. Dave Richard with the third pick. So my New Year's resolution was to take more receivers in round one, but I had the third overall pick. Right. Screw the resolution. We'll go for it in 2023. Derrick Henry, top pick for me in round one. I did go receiver, receiver in rounds two and three, and I caught a lot of flack for taking A.J. Brown and Calvin Ridley. And I think a lot of people that had A.J. Brown are just not going to take him again. I still see the upside in him, even with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. just makes sense to trust him uh, as a high, a potential high volume, maybe not the highest volume among receivers, but someone who can be absolutely phenomenal for fantasy. And I think Calvin Ridley can be good. He can be good no matter where he goes. Even a team like the Jets, if he goes, maybe he replaces Corey Davis, and then Davis is a bum pick after all. But I, I think... Ridley can at minimum be good to maximizing it to be a top five receiver. So really, really glad to take him in round three. Uh, somebody mentioned Jacobs is the best pick in round four. I love the value of Jacobs. Probably going to be more excited about him this year than I was last year. J.K. Dobbins is my pick in round five. Uh, I I kind of wish I had to do over on my round six pick, but there was no one I really loved, so I just reverted to quarterback, and I took Justin Herbert there. And uh, I don't know if there was really anybody else worth mentioning, but those were my top six picks. Henry won the two receivers, Brown and then Ridley, uh, and then a couple of running backs to round it out. So your team is Justin Herbert, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, probably J.K. Dobbins at flex, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, and Brandon Ayuk is your number three receiver. Zach mm -hmm. Ertz at tight end. You got Rashad Bateman headlining your bench. My team with the fourth pick ended up with... Matthew Stafford at quarterback, but I did take Trey Lance, who I'll be taking a lot, I think, um, unless his value gets just way too high. I think I have him as QB 11 in my rankings. Real quick, Trey Lance question. How many more games does Jimmy have to win before we worry that Trey Lance is not starting week one? No, zero. I'm already worried about that. But, <laughs> okay. You know, you never he's, know. How, he's how going to, to be it. a fascinating case this offseason because he, he can be had in a trade for not as much as other quarterbacks that are going to be available in trade. He's got a relatively good cap number. The 49ers actually save over $25 million on the cap if they trade him. Uh, so manageable contract, solid quarterback, Pittsburgh. maybe potentially a good quarterback. He's got to stay healthy. 
But I, I I wonder if the 49ers just put them up for auction and see but, which team comes out for them with the Pittsburgh, Washington, and Denver should be all in the mix. Two more wins, and you for sure don't trade him, right? I, I think know. it depends on it. Two more wins might get you a first round pick. Look, for they him. went Remember, to the Super Bowl. Great. They went to the Super Bowl with him and still were not convinced. I don't know that he's ever Shanahan's ever going to be convinced on Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not that good. I feel like Trey Lance could okay. can yeah he is he is. But I think Trey Lance they obviously felt the same way can unlock something else in this offense. Yeah, but depending on who you talk to, Shanahan wasn't the one that wanted Trey Lance. Right. Oh, I <laughs> really? I, I, I he yeah. certainly seemed that way. I think uh, the, the story might be that the Mac Jones rumors were yep. true. And yep. he got talked out of that for Trey Lance. And yeah, what you hear is that John Lynch wanted Lance and Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. All right. Um, so now I, he's playing veteran Mac Jones instead. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, uh, my team is Stafford and Trey Lance, McCaffrey, Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Devontae Smith, Rob Gronkowski in his prime, and Robert Woods is my flex. Well, I also have Miles Sanders. Um, so I went with the all injured team. Cam Akers is basically the healthiest player on my team. Uh, all right. At least you got a sure thing in Devonte Smith and Miles Sanders later in the draft. So, well, those were not bad values at all. No, no. Um, <laughs> jerk. All right. Heath, uh, let's see. Heath's team with the fifth. I, think I have drafted half of this team three years in a row. Um, I've got Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Devontae Adams, and David Montgomery. I draft those guys every single year, it seems like. I don't generally draft DeAndre Hopkins, but I did take him in round four. I don't really know what to make of him because two years ago, he was a top five wide receiver and only scored six touchdowns. And this year, basically, all he did was score touchdowns. So he'll be an interesting one next year, but I can't imagine he's going to fall past round four. I loved Michael Carter in round five. Didn't really love Adam Thielen in the middle of round six, but felt like it was time for him to be taken. And then really just kind of like the back half of this draft, Sony <laughs> Michelle, Ronald Jones, Trey Sermon. Those those are our running backs who are probably going to be on rosters. I did like my round 13 pick. It's a great Will Fuller. pick. Will Fuller, maybe one of the most talented wide receivers in football. I, I just... So the funny thing is, you you make fun of me for loving Will Fuller. The one year that he finally gets featured, he's a top 10 wide receiver. He's one of the best picks in any draft. He blows the door off of everything, and you still make fun of me for it. I mean, what are you thinking? Obviously, well, it was a Will year Fuller. later, and he didn't play. Okay, but no, he's obviously good. He's obviously a talented player. Is he good or, or uh, medically no, good? No, he's good. He's good. You don't just like take steroids and become well, a new. He's not the Incredible Hulk. All right, here's uh, whatever he took. Take it again. Because yes, if you please. get 11 games of that and five games or six games of sitting, <laughs> fine by me. Absolutely. I agree. All right, uh, Lamar Jackson, David Montgomery, Michael Carter, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Mark Andrews, and Julio Jones. You didn't mention him. He is your flex. You have you have three players that could be really interesting come August because Ronald Jones may be competing for a starting job somewhere else. Definitely will not be Tampa Bay. Uh, Sony Michelle, same thing. He's probably going to be somewhere else besides the Rams. And Trey Sermon could fall in line with what has happened to 49ers running backs uh, almost every year since Kyle Shanahan has been there. Take the last one, and he's the best one. And Sermon may end up being the best one if uh, you know his draft value holds uh, in the NFL draft. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tell you who won the awards. The MVP, the biggest bust, the rookie of the year, which is just uh, just terrible work on the audience's part. The best waiver wire pickup, the worst waiver wire pickup, and the one-game wonder of the season. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. We need some fun awards music. I don't know. All right. Welcome back. Let's talk Play about you off. <laughs> that sounded like a rejected version of the prices, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I stopped. Okay, showdown like, music. I'm going to get sued. This is two prices, right? E. So, 
here we go. MVP, our candidates were Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel, and James Conner. And the winner is, with 73% of the vote, Cooper Cup. Okay, great. The biggest bust. (laughs) Why why, why is it? Yeah, great. Well, whatever. It's an obvious one, I think. Uh, Although, I think Debo had a pretty good I think Debo was the MVP. Only I think Debo should have finished second. Seven percent of the vote for Debo, and yeah. just a landslide for Cup. I might have, I might have scratched out uh, Connor's name and put in Leonard Fournette's name. They were back to back in points per game, so I guess it doesn't really. Yeah, and they were pretty no, close in ADP, I assume. Okay, uh, that uh, that category was kind of boring. Rookie of the no uh, biggest bust. We had almost uh, we had over nine thousand votes for this. It was Allen Robinson, Saquon Barkley, Terry McLaurin, and Miles Gaskin. And the winner is Allen Robinson with fifty five percent of the vote. So what's the like? Allen Robinson was a, a, all of these guys could definitely be busts, but I think Saquon was worse. No. <laughs> Do you know what the best game PPR point wise was for Allen Robinson this year? Was it week Ten, right? one? Week one, he scored 10, Ten points PPR. That I don't think he match. got the 10 in the game he scored. Oh, man. I don't think he did either. How could you say Saquon was worse, Heath? Uh, it's the Adam Azer. I just found this because I was going through your the list of your bad takes on Twitter because <laughs> I had to add a recent take about Bell Peppers. Um, <laughs> And I remember that the take of Le'Veon Bell was not a bust in 2018 because yeah. he sat out the whole year, so you didn't have to play him. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 and if you Robinson, drafted his handcuff, you got James Conner, who was a top five running back. Allen Robinson missed so much time in the second half of the year that you just didn't even have to. He, he was dropped. He wasn't even on your roster. Give me a break. Did he miss more time than Saquon, Saquon Barkley? Barkley? We were running him out there for 15 for 32 and 15 for 50. Hey, I, I won a championship with Saquon Barkley. Uh, can we show my Bell Pepper tweet, by the way, Schrager? I don't know if the audience wants to see that. <laughs> Dave, you wanted to see I, it, right? I want to see it. You're trashing Bell Peppers? So I have this... Um, I have this uh, meal... I get one of those meal plans. You know, they mm-hmm. give you three meals a week. And they just... Always put bell peppers. It's like the only thing. Oh, we, two we, a week, two we out of three. Get four, we probably get four or five a week. They're freaking awful. They're the most useless meal ruining vegetables. I hate bell peppers. Oh, you're just so wrong. Dreadful. <laughs> and um, I was eating shakshuka when someone alerted me to your tweet. I don't know who is that is. Built around bell peppers. They're just a oh, stragger. I like how Schrager's note gets in there. God, they suck. You know, Adam, if you if you send Ben your bell peppers, he will save them and then eat them like later in the day. Um. Also, (laughs) bell peppers are not vegetables; they're fruits. I. You know what? That's why I didn't put vegetables in the tweets because I thought these might actually be fruits. If that is the case, and they are definitely the worst fruit. Because you could argue there are worse vegetables than bell peppers, but there are no fruits that are worse than. Why bell did you leave punctuation off of the last sentence? Um, I don't know. I I like Schrager's uh, response there. It's wrong. He said, "All right, let's go back to the awards. Let's go. Let's go back to the awards. Next category. I really think the people got this wrong. I think Jamie influenced everyone with, when he was just so adamant about it. Rookie of the year. We had almost ten thousand votes for this one." It was Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, and Amonra St. Brown. And uh, Jamar Chase won. So I thought Jam- it should, it Jamar should Chase in a landslide. Yeah, 76%. I what? feel like there's recency bias on that. I just think that I just think Najee was better down the stretch. They were both top five at their position. Najee's better down the stretch? Yes, he was. Except no, that, Yes, he was. No. There was one yeah, I, I understand oh Jamar God. Chase in the, week, the regular season. The, the, the regular fantasy, fantasy season? Yeah. Maybe. Other than week 17. Obviously, week 17 counts. Jamar Chase won you a league. With his week 17 was Najee Harris's best game of the season. It was very good, but it wasn't. Week 16. Week 16. No, week 17. No, Chase's game was week 16. Okay. No, no, no. Chase's Harris game was week 17. Chase's best game was week 16. The, like, 
the 300 yard whatever game and i mean it wasn't that much but it's the game against the chiefs was week 17 i thought three touchdowns and 266 yards what week that was week 17 yeah remember we have an 18 game season it was week 17 i thought it was a semifinal no it was a championship and I, that that counts that's a huge he had 19 deal. in the semifinal but he had he had basically a seven game stretch where he was just kind of eh, and that was down the stretch Najee was much more But it's more also consistent. the draft value, though. Najee, we expected to be good. Chase, we expected... Yeah. I'm sorry. Najee, we expected to be great. Chase ended up being great. Also, and this... Like, so much of Najee's was in a Deontay Johnson... Well, yeah, they gave him the ball 27 uh, It doesn't times. matter. Um, sure it does. It's a fine tiebreaker. So you would have voted for Chase? Chase was better. Oh, I, I get... I'm not, but that's not a... This is a fantasy category here well, you right. have to factor in where you took these guys well if that's if that's the case then fine but i think the next one was a bigger miss than than this one okay fine next one is uh best waiver wire pick we had almost nine thousand votes for this our finalists were patterson I like how you said like i swayed everybody like i went and talked to all nine thousand people <laughs> you did they all listen to the show patterson amonra st brown elijah mitchell and dalton schultz these are our, our best waiver wire nominees patterson St. Brown, Elijah Mitchell, Dalton Schultz. And the winner is Patterson, 54%. Yeah, what's wrong with this? He had like 45 yards in the three playoff games combined. Solid point. But he got you to the playoffs. Who would you have voted for? I would have voted for Elijah Mitchell. Missed a lot Uh, of games. Also on my IDP championship team, Cordero Patterson. Was he in your your lineup, though? It almost sounds like... The best team didn't win that league this year. <laughs> <laughs> or the smartest manager won. Was he on your bench, though, in the finals? He was definitely Patterson? on your bench. No, I played him. Really? Yeah. All right, and worst waiver wire pick, was it Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony, Cam Akers, or Adrian Peterson? 9,000 votes here. And it was Adrian Peterson, 36%. This is pretty close. 36% for Peterson, 29% for Tony, 24% for... Did I say Cam Akers? Because I meant Cam Newton. 24% for Cam Newton, and 11% for Rondale Moore. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good category. Thank you, everybody, for voting. We really appreciate it. You forgot one. What did I forget? One game wonder. One, one game, game wonder. wonder. One game wonder. He thought it was the one game wonder because he said Kadarius Tony, but he wasn't actually <laughs> nominated for that category. Uh, one game wonder was not on the spreadsheet I was looking at. I'm sorry. So it's on. The oh, there it is. We're looking at it on the screen. There it is. Stragger, back me up here. That one's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it was your fault. <laughs> that for was sure. not my fault. You bell pepper eating freak. Uh, one game wonder was it? Tyler Huntley, Dearness Johnson, Justin Jackson, or Braxton Berrios? All of them in week 15 or 16, except for Dearness Johnson that week seven game. It was. Justin Jackson, 40% of the vote. Yes. Tyler Huntley gets about 30.5%. Dearness Johnson, about 22%. And Braxton Barrios, 7.5%. You disagreed? I, I think this one, this one's right on. Well, who would you have voted for, Jamie? Huntley. Heath? Yeah, I was trying to think of somebody you like who only had one good game, and I was going to nominate <laughs> him, but I couldn't think of it that fast. So I am going – I think I would probably go with Huntley as well. The thing with Huntley is, like, all these other guys, for the most part, we kind of knew they were going to be one-week wonders. Huntley we were chasing after the fact. So what if you knew it? Isn't that better if you knew yeah, it? That's almost better, right? You, yeah. you, you We told no, you think, guys to go and get these players. Been. Yeah, you know, we I, never really understood this category anyway. I, like I was, it's gonna say like Kadarius Tony had ten catches for 189 yards. Yeah, he the Giants suck. Okay, what do you want me to say? Like you already made that crystal clear. I just think maybe he should have been nominated. Well, he, he but he wasn't. Nine yards in the rest of the year combined. He was good against the Saints. The game before that. Yeah, yeah, he had six catches for 78. That's a good game. It's about as good as Tyler Huntley's second best game. Okay, I'm going to leave now. Um, We're done with the show. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll talk about... Are you sure they're listening? I think so. And uh, I'd like to just say one last thing before we leave. Good luck. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.